tonight we're going to continue on with our study of the life of Jesus. We're going step by step through the Bible on um, Jesus's <coughs> ministry, and we're on to the baptism of Jesus. Um, we haven't, as you can tell, got, have not gotten very far. We're just starting, really, his ministry here. Um, so if you want to read along, we're in Matthew chapter 3. This is found in all four Gospels, but we're going, I'm, I chose Matthew, if anybody... I've, I've heard. Send your uh, emails to Ben if you're right. not happy with that. But <laughs> I, chose, right. uh, I chose Matthew. So um, Matthew chapter 3, this is uh, verse 13. Then Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan to be baptized by John. But John tried to deter him, saying, I need to be baptized by you. And do you come to me? And Jesus replies, let it be so now. It is proper for us to do this to fulfill all righteousness. Then John consented. As soon as Jesus was baptized, he went up out of the water. At that moment, heaven was opened, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting on him. And a voice from heaven said, This is my Son, whom I love. With him I am well pleased. So um, there's a lot in this. Um, my first question is, at this time, John is, John is baptizing. Um, John is doing what he's supposed to do, which is getting the scene ready for Jesus. Um, is John at this time a pretty big deal? I, would you say in, in the time and in the day, is John the Baptist considered uh, a big deal? So we're going to see how politically astute our crowd is tonight. John is the Covington Catholic school of his day. <laughs> All right. So if you've watched any news in the last two days, it's all about these nasty little white boys that had MAGA hats, and they accosted this poor native Indian and the black men that were there. When you watch the two-hour video, they were the ones being, if you will, accosted uh, and such. All I'm trying to tell you is that scene has captivated America. John captivated the scene in his day because he's baptizing um, we're changing the form of identification of a child of God before John it was circumcision and to be just straight up honest with you that's still a subject I don't completely understand why did God choose an identity mark that women cannot participate in that also be a question I had right right and it's a fair question, and I think there's probably a good answer. I don't know it yet, but, but, but there's probably a good answer. With that said, um, so he goes from that identity mark to baptism. So now a child of God is no longer going to be identified, if you will, by a surgical procedure. It's going to be identified by a procedure that every man, woman, boy, and girl can participate in, and that is the immersion in water. And so in that day, and that was part of my question, is what specifically did the baptism represent at this time? And that was, in essence, are you saying that was their way of saying, I'm a child of God? Yeah, absolutely. So, so, uh, so John comes and says, repent and be baptized, uh, for the kingdom of God is at hand. So remember, he's the forerunner. He's preparing people for Jesus. And so... Uh, the new baptism is by means of immersion of all saved individuals. Uh, so, you know, and, and, and let me get my, in my mind right. The question is, uh, why is this happening? Help me remember. Yeah, why, why are these people following John? He's saying, repent for the kingdom is near. He's telling them to confess their sins. Right. Was that new to them, confession, confession yeah. of their sins? Was that a new concept? Like, what... Would they have, um, there had been animal sacrifice right, in the right. past, there had been other things, but to outwardly speak, I'm going to confess my sins, and then I'm going to be immersed into water and raised back out of it. Right. This was a completely new concept of the time. Right, and, and I think it encompasses the entire, uh, quote unquote, the, the way God intends for things to happen, because you, you've already brought that out, uh, or you just brought it out about the animal sacrifice. That was what was always associated with confession. You know, a pigeon's going to die, a dove's going to die, a lamb's going to die, a calf's going to die. Something's going to shed its blood. Something's going to shed its blood. And, that, and that's what God requires. It's required it. Right. 
and, and, and oh my goodness, we're, you know, we're, we're talking about a year's worth of topics here. Uh, did any of that blood remit a single sin? No. It was all a picture and pointing towards what Christ was going to do on the cross. But it was the only sacrifice that God accepted was a blood sacrifice because... They didn't it, have Jesus yet. Right, they didn't have Jesus yet. It was all a foreshadowing is the word, if you will, a foretelling. Well, so now John comes on board and he says, repent and be baptized uh, for your sins, for the kingdom of God is at hand. So he's announcing, we're fixing to change everything. God is fixing to change everything. You're not going to bring another single goat lamb to, 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 to the temple. The lamb of the world is coming. And so uh, I, I do believe that, that, that this whole thing was orchestrated by God. Uh, it was the new identity, and it was preparing them for the complete and total change from what had become Judaism. It was never meant to be Judaism, if you will. It was always meant to be the Ten Commandments and the, if you will, Mosaic Law. Well, it turned into its own religion. It was never meant to be that. Uh, but the 400 years of silence. It was man's attempt to get to God at that's that right. point. And so they, it was man's yep. attempt to get to God. So we might cover this here in a second. But for people that are listening, hopefully, that don't know what baptism symbolizes, what does baptism symbolize for us in 2019? Well, so baptism today symbolizes uh, the fact that you belong to God. It's your identity. And, and we're going to get into deeper here okay. in just a moment as far as what all that entails. Yeah, because that, that's my question leading into is what it, what it means for us today. And I think that might be kind of what you're saying. Yeah, didn't mean the same topic thing. Two. That's topic right. two. Topic two. So stay no, you're tuned. Good. You're stay good. tuned. But it is different now than right. it was when Jesus himself no was doubt. baptized. No doubt. So leading up to this point, Jesus has been in Nazareth growing up. Correct. We think he's probably about 30 years old at this point. Correct. Um, we talked about how the last thing that we had mentioned about Jesus was that he was um, a boy, about maybe 12 or so, and he was at the temple the teaching. Temple. Right. And then he returns to Nazareth with his family, and then this is the next thing that we really see. All we know is that it says he grows in stature and wisdom. Right. Um, and, and people like him. Uh, yeah. mentally and, and socially. Yes. Right. And so... Um, Nazareth, I imagine, it says he was baptized in the River Jordan. Is that like a, just a little, I mean, is that like going from Lonedale to St. Clair? Is that a little bit more of a trip than that? Like how, that was a journey. It had a yeah, purpose. He yeah. didn't just happen upon, oh, by the way, there's John right. baptizing people. Right. Oh, no, yeah, again, it was all orchestrated. John was, had been at this for about six months. He had made a name for himself. Uh, people would literally leave the cities to come to see this man that was clothed in uh, camel's hair and ate locusts and honey uh, for his sustenance. It was a sight to see John the Baptist. Yeah, somebody even texted in, John must have had some kind of standing because even the king seemed to kind of mm -hmm. fear talking about him and kind of like, eh, hey, I'm going to leave my hands off of this guy. He's right. Anyone who's so bold to do something like that right. is going to draw attention. Well, he's kind of changing the rules respect. a well, little bit. He's kind of right. shaking it up a little bit. He's well, telling people to do something they had not done before spiritually. I, 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 I'm not going to say this with authority, but it is my opinion that before John, very few Jewish people besides scribes and Pharisees dare ever question a rabbi. And when they came out to see him, he said, well, you know, why did you snakes and vipers yeah. come yeah, out of your hole? Them, he called them vipers. He when called they, them what I they mean, were. Woe to you. you, you Woe, you. Right. Woe to you was a big thing big to say thing. to somebody. That's the right. people in the crowd must have been it's like, like, are saying you your mama now. <laughs> <laughs> it was on. It would have been on CNN. Yeah, it would have oh, been, been on. You better believe it. He had a MAGA hat on. I guarantee you. <laughs> All right. So, uh, yeah, thank you for laughing because that was a joke. I'm just kidding. So Jesus makes this intentional trip to John. Right. To be baptized. So right. what so, about? So yeah. So so there was an apparent purpose in all this. So Jesus, uh, in my opinion, uh, this wasn't for salvation. Jesus didn't need to get saved. He's the Son of God, has the Spirit of God inside of him. He's all God, all man at the same time. He did not need to get saved. So why would he do it? Okay. Well, uh, another thing is that this was to prove, because John has been saying the kingdom of God is at hand. Well, here comes the kingdom of God in a physical living form. His name's Jesus. So another reason for the baptism of Jesus was to, to proclaim the Messiah has come. 
Uh, I think it was also to vindicate John. I, I mean, it, it absolutely proved everything that John has said for the last six months. So I've always thought, because obviously Jesus was sinless. He wasn't repenting of anything. Um, what did the crowd think? Like, did they know at that moment this is the Messiah? The that, crowd that was there. Or would they have thought, if he's the Messiah, why is he doing this? Well, so I, I think that that's a yes and no answer. I think that the crowd probably did not. I think that John's disciples probably did. And Jesus, because Jesus had his group, I think, assembled already. Did he or did he not? Not quite yet. Not quite yet. Okay. Uh, so um, I, I think the answer to that is yes and no. Uh, the, I think the, the, if you will, the common Joe that had come out to see and watch, they probably didn't grasp totally. I think that's also the reason that the spirit ascended and the voice came out. So that was a question I've always had, too. Do you think who saw it says and let's just read that again. Um, and as soon as Jesus was baptized and he went up out of the water at that moment, heaven was open and he saw the spirit of God descending like a dove and aligning on him. And a voice from heaven said, this is my son whom I love and whom I am well pleased. So did the crowd hear that? Did they see that? Did just John see that? Obviously, Jesus did, but right. who, I always it's my opinion that. That, that everybody saw it. I, well, and even in Revelation, um, Peter talks about how uh, God made Jesus lower than the angels, but yet he calls him his son, and even calls out that moment when he says he is much higher than everybody, and so I, I think everybody heard it. Right. You see what, I, what I'm getting yeah. to, because in Revelations, he said, why would God say, this is my son, who I'm well pleased if he is not higher than all others no doubt and, and you know you think about it the trinity is involved in every important and big thing creation trinity uh the, the beginning of you know the nation of israel the trinity and you just go from there uh the trinity is involved in every facet uh if you will of the history of god's kingdom and so here is the lamb of god to take away the sins of the world God the Father and God the Spirit put their stamp of approval on God the Son. So I think, yeah, I think all of them saw it. Can I prove that? Not necessarily. Uh, a, a Greek scholar might be able to prove it. Is it um, going to matter? Really? No, in the no, it's not going to matter. But, but I like, I like the question. Yeah. Well, and one thing I was also thinking too, if if that was said out loud, the other person that would be hearing is Satan himself. You know, God well, no speaking doubt. to the earth. You know, and Satan has dominion over the earth, so that's God proclaiming to earth, look, he's here. So that's just a neat thought. Right. And, and the, you know, one statement I have here is that this baptism was not for salvation. It was for verification. It was verifying that this is, this is my son. You see what I'm saying? I've always thought this was part of um, Jesus is always our perfect example. And so we're to do what he did. And he experienced everything that we've experienced right. every fear every pain anxiety whatever he he understands and in this way too he was publicly baptized he's giving an example that i personally believe and we'll talk about it later that he wants us to follow no, no doubt and, and that that's it right there again identity you know uh it, it baptism is the 2019 equivalent to the old testament circumcision Again, why circumcision? We don't really know. Baptism, that we're going to talk about in topic two, it's crystal clear why baptism is the identifying mark. One biggest thing is what you've already stated is, is that Jesus did it. He's our example in everything. So I have a question, too, and I don't. this may be of nothing, but the dove. Um, it says in the, the, <laughs> the spirit descended like a dove. It didn't say there was physically a dove. Right. What's the significance of the dove? Because we know, you know, back in the Old Testament, Noah's Ark, he sends out a dove, goes across the waters. It's looking, looking, mm -hmm. looking. It comes back. Um, so here again, we see uh, the dove again, and it says descending like a dove. And uh, I'm not much in the outdoors, and I won't <laughs> pretend that I am. But I do know the difference between, like, you know, you've got like a bird of prey that comes bird. down and like, yeah. you know, I, I, my husband Take a has a, a hummingbird. Yeah, you know, my, my husband has a hunting story once. He said he saw an eagle like hit the water and I guess to get, I don't know, yeah, fish or whatever. And he said it was like, you know, boom, blah, and a lot of noise. Like, but a dove isn't like that. A dove is very Ooh. gentle and, Ooh. um, 
<laughs> have I seen a dove? I mean, I see them fly off. Yeah. Uh, you know, but I've never. But they they're more graceful. <laughs> I've never seen one like land. They. But I imagine <laughs> it's not the same as the way. Oh, it's not. Like an yeah, eagle they, hits they the ground. They flit, and, and such. Um, why why a dove? I, I just. Well, okay. So so that's a very good question. Anybody got an answer before I weigh in? I would. I've say got nothing. Probably because it's one of the more graceful of birds. Right. That'd be it. Right. You know, prettier than a pigeon, but they're about the same. Right. You know. Well, okay. So, what are the animals that you and I associate, even in the Bible, quote unquote, with the other side, with with the devil? Oh, snakes. Snakes. Lions, dragons. Yeah, yeah. Dragons. Okay, right. in the in the bird family. Dragons, what? Huh? In the in the bird. Oh yeah. Revelation. The, another topic. Okay. Uh, in, 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 Write that down. In the bird family, what what do we think of in the Bible? That's associated with the darker side. Like a vulture or vulture. Is there another one? Crows. Crows, ravens, a raven. and such. All right. Nevermore. And and what did is it Noah? I always get these guys confused. Who was in the ark? Noah. Noah. Yes. Yeah. I put Jonah in the ark. Welcome. Welcome. I, I put Noah I, in I the know. whale. It is we called one Noah's of the kids ark. Over yeah. to answer yeah. for you. As you crave spiritual milk. <laughs> Look. I'm just being real, folks. <laughs> I, I separate these two. I put Noah in the whale and Jonah in the ark all the time. <laughs> so Noah in the ark, the first bird that he releases was a what? Dove. Nope. Mm -mm. A raven? The first bird he released was a raven. Really? I need yep. to reread that. If, if my memory serves me. <laughs> uh, and it seldom And does. if it's wrong, <laughs> it will be a topic next week. There you go. No need to send and, your And I believe it was the, and it's the second Oh, bird. because it didn't return. Right. Okay. Right. It didn't return. That's correct? Is that, is that how it goes? I believe so. We're but then he sends out a dove, you know. Um, and so what I'm getting at is, is that the dove has, through the Bible, always been associated with God. It's been associated with the nation of Israel. It is associated with peace. It's associated, you know, the white dove. It's not the dove that we hunt and the such, even though there's nothing wrong with those doves. But the, the, the symbol of God and peace is usually the white dove. Okay, yeah. So Genesis 8, 6. At the end of 40 days, Noah opened the window of the ark that he had made and sent forth a raven. And it went to and fro until the waters dried up from the earth. And then it says, then he sent out a dove. There you go. There you go. And so... Uh, I, I got a really funny story on this, if, if we've got time. Uh, w one of the neat things in a baptismal uh, I knew you were going to go. Walk. I almost you knew I I was totally tell knew that, this you? was going to happen. Spoiler alert. This, this friend of mine, he is just an amazing Coming carpenter. to a baptism near you. Yeah, coming to a baptism near you, <laughs> Lord willing. He did this cutout of a dove, and he used brackets, and he suspended it from the wall and backlit it gorgeous for a baptismal you know setting just gorgeous so like two years into coming pastoring here i love this painting love it it's nine thousand years old okay <laughs> and i'm teasing of course but my thought was you know what we're remodeling maybe we'll just do that and i called the guy and uh i, <laughs> I said you know t tell me how you did that so he's going through all this stuff and then he says but now, Ben, be careful. Yeah? Because if you cut that out wrong, it's going to look like a crow. <laughs> he said, I know. I know for sure. It'll look like a crow. Well, I didn't have any confidence. I have just a little now in my woodworking abilities. So that's one of the reasons there's not a dove or a crow up there. Uh, but uh, well, you'd hate for visitors to come We'd hate for visitors to go, what's up with that crow raven? up there? Yeah. Is that a raven? <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, um, maybe we could Welcome put sound. Yeah, when yeah. you get in the bathroom. Lights <laughs> flash. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm going to end this on a spiritual note. Oh, please. If, if I, yeah, if please. I, somebody's got to. Lord knows here. But uh, this is uh, this is old. I've had this book forever, and it's just little um, pieces. Beth Moore wrote this. If you like or great. If you don't, um, that's fine too. But she does write things in a way that I feel are are beautiful at times, and this is one of them. Um, speaking about Jesus's baptism. And before I even read this, um, just a thought, because Jesus traveled some distance, and could you almost see him? Do you think, was he standing there on a hill? Was, was he watching all this unfold? Was he watching John baptize these people? Was he standing there thinking, like, yeah, man, and just, you know, all these people, a crowd wanting to confess and be baptized. I mean, did he get to take it all in? Do you think he just stood there for a while and watched before 
he went down to, I mean, I don't know. We don't know. Does it even matter? But it's just a thought. Maybe, uh, maybe it, he did. It, it doesn't matter, but that doesn't mean it's not a good topic to talk about. I, I think absolutely. I, I, I believe that Jesus was the first man and the last man to be in the here and now 24-7. It's probably like when we're doing the right thing, when we're getting right. it right. And right. I still think he's watching us like, That's yeah, right. well, yeah. You, you did it. I, I love in the movie The Passion of Christ, Mary walks in as he's in his early 30s and he's making that table yeah and he's shaking in then he jumps up on the table and he's just laughing and smiling he was a man yeah you know? yeah. So, yeah. yeah absolutely so um we'll we'll close with this um picture john waist deep in water with people screaming out to be baptized baptizing them into repentance preparing them to encounter the savior i believe they are quite specific confessing their sins in all likelihood they were crying out these confessions maybe even wailing and weeping over them then came christ he was not coming to be baptized into repentance. He was the spotless Lamb of God, complete perfection. He was the only one who had no confessing to do that day in those waters. He came for John to baptize him. But I see something so, so precious in the fact that the people had confessed their sins standing in those same waters and then were baptized. He was baptized, drenched in the same waters where they had confessed their sins. I'm just talking symbolism here. But can you almost see him wearing the sins they had confessed in those waters? Yeah, that's it's good. It's just pretty. I, it's good. just a beautiful and, way and to I, look at it. Yeah, amen. And it was the River Jordan, right? Absolutely. And is there symbolism from there from, like, uh, God delivering the Israelites you, you through bet. Jordan? You bet. The, the River of Jordan is, quote, unquote, a sacred river. You bet. Uh, uh, it's good. very poignant. All right. So um, this is where we'll break topics and do, I'm just saying... Any, any take really You said a lot I'm, tonight. Yeah, I know. I'm trying to give you all a chance. <laughs> Kathy, Kathy's filling we, in for Gavin. We appreciate He's downstairs that. making our Awana cars fast for Saturday. So on the fly, she got almost 24 hours notice. Almost. Almost. So <laughs> it's okay if you, I told her. I was for like, us, that's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I, I, just, I used to get an hour notice. <laughs> I've gotten better. Hey, yeah. come in. You busy? <laughs> yeah. Two days notice now. So the, the, the first one's going to be a downer and a bummer, and then the other one's a, a little lighter. Uh, I'm just saying we are further down the road to revolution than anyone wants to admit. Oh. I, I really do. I really do believe that. Uh, the last two days have been very cathartic for me. Uh, we have villainized and, quote, unquote, good people have wished for the deaths of 16-year-old boys because of what they wore on their head. That's serious stuff. The good news there could be also we're that much closer to Jesus' return. Amen. Thank mm -hmm. the Lord. Let, let's pray along those lines. Amen. Uh, so uh, I'm just saying we got the Super Bowl that very few people in this state want to watch. Oh, you're not kidding. I've never <laughs> been. I really like football. I want to not like it. I really do. I, I really... But this is not, this isn't as easy. I'm like, yeah, I'm not watching that. I could care less. Let me tell you, so we're, number one, we're not very high tech at the Kingston home. Number two, we're tight as a bark on a tree. We're not going to spend <laughs> the money you got to spend to have cable. We're just not going to do it. And it's not because we're frugal. It's because you're really not, not missing out is the truth. Uh, right, right, right. That's the thing. Uh, but anyway, so we listen on radio. And we listen to both of those games. And we were in the kitchen when the, I think it was, the, was it the first game with the Chiefs and the. It was well, the, but, yeah. but which one? They both went to. They both went to overtime. Which one came down to a 58-yard kick? Okay. All right. So uh, Greg Zerline, Greg Zerline is the kicker. Greg the leg. I love that. I mean, you can't really improve <laughs> upon that. And so he only has one leg. He, he only got one leg. That's even more amazing. No. <laughs> but you're listening on the radio. One so leg that he uses to kick with. So one good leg. We're, we're, we've got an island there. If you haven't been up to the house, feel free to come up. It's your house. Uh, but we have surrounded the island there, and, and I'm into it, man. I'm just, I, and I'm, I know he's going to do it. I, for one, I don't want him to. I know he's going to do it, because Greg's our line's amazing. Mm. But I back up like I'm fixing to kick the ball. <laughs> and, and the guy, the guy is announcing, and, and I'm getting ready, and uh, the snap, and I act like I kick it. Dawn you know, has got to get more video footage yeah. of what happened. And Dawn is standing. She's like, don't kick me. <laughs> like, not it's kick not my fault the Rams are going to win. That's right. That's right. <laughs> and, and, of course, we're all li listening. It's going. It's going. And the guy says, 
good the weirdest way. If any of y'all were listening, I think his name is Albert something. Good! And I'm like, is, is that good? <laughs> is, is it good or gold? Yeah, or I don't, it was weird. Yeah. But, but we could tell by the crowd that, that they had done I know. It, it was wah, something. Wah, wah, wah. Okay, wait a minute. Here, here's my next one. I'm just saying, <laughs> unless New Orleans goes through their archives and disavows every victory that had a bad call against the other team in it, <laughs> I don't want to hear New anything Orleans. about changing the outcome of the game. The governor has literally asked the NFL to change the outcome of the game. Come on, man. I know, yeah. You, it's the, the refs are a part of the game. They, they just are. And, yeah, it was a bad call. Did you see the call? Oh, yeah, of course. Oh, my goodness. I was watching it. Well, yeah. <laughs> good, good point. I yield to the fellow back yeah, there. Yeah, true Amen. story. That is a good point. Well, a good point. I'm just saying I'm not made for the cold weather, and every day we get through January is one day closer to the heat of the summer. Amen. Which is what I was made for. Or spring. Or, or spring. spring. With gardens spring. and spring flowers work. and I like it to sunshine. be sunshine. I like the heat and humidity. Bring Listen, you've had on. your snow. <laughs> yeah, and enough we're, of that. We're, we're having that. our snow. Yeah. <laughs> and there's more slated for Sunday. Oh, for crying out loud. Okay. Tom? Uh, yeah, I got a small I'm just saying, and I won't use the man's name, but the little things matter. Yeah. And, and I had a man uh, do something for me the other day, made me a lunch, and it was something I wasn't expecting, and it wasn't like a $90, you know, brisket and all that. It was a smoked chicken. And I tell you what, I overthink things too much. You know, look at the Easter walk. No. 43,000 pound blocks. I don't believe it, Tom. But I overthink things. And I think if I want to do something for somebody, like especially like a meal, I got to do a brisket and potato salad and a cheesecake and all that. And I think you lose the meaning of something. And this was so simple and so perfect. It's literally one of the nicest things somebody's done for me in my entire life. Cool. And I just think the simple things when it's done with love, are the best thing. You bet. So Amen. I'm just saying. Very good. True story. All right, on to topic two. We've kind of spoiled it a little bit, but uh, this topic is on baptism, fittingly, because we're talking about Jesus' baptism. Um, so specifically, if baptism is not necessary for salvation, baptism is not salvation, you've Correct. preached that, um, many people have been taught that, why is it still necessary? Or some people think of it as you could give or take. You could take it or leave it. You could do it or not do it. What are your thoughts? So Christ is the alpha, if you will, of this topic. He started it. And we've already talked about the verse that says that Jesus is our example in all things. So the reason he submitted to baptism was because he wants you and I to submit to baptism and you know it's necessary because we want to identify with Christ we want to identify as a child of God all, all of us as believers we want people to know or we should want people to know that we're a child of God well so what does it take what does it take to have a <coughs> scriptural baptism uh, I've been taught this from day one as a preacher and I try to share this with anybody if anyone comes here and they want to you know, be a part of the church. We talk about baptism. Obviously, we talk about salvation first because that, that has to come first, and that is the first step of a scriptural New Testament baptism. It takes a proper candidate. So this is a person who has already repented of their sins. They've accepted what Jesus Christ did on the cross for their sins, and they have somehow, some way, sincerely asked Christ to come into their heart. And, and you won't find that language in the Bible. And I'm okay if you don't use that language. But to some level, you've got to do what Romans 10, 9 says, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. Uh, for another topic, but I'm just going to say it here, there is a pretty good movement within, quote-unquote, Christianity to lessen the importance of the sinner's prayer. And that's what I just shared with you. Uh, you know, Lord, I know that I'm a sinner. I know that I deserve eternal punishment, but I believe Jesus Christ died on the cross for my sins, so I ask him to forgive me my sins, to come into my heart, and be my Savior. That's a sinner's prayer. It's based, again, on Romans 10.9. There is a movement to try to lessen that importance. And, and the reason I'm against that is because 
I do not see a sinner's prayer as something that you and I can do as a matter of rote. In other words, without sincerity and just say it and that's our fire escape out of hell. No, that's not salvation. But I don't hear anybody preaching that. I, I don't, in other words, the people I'm talking about, they're concerned about something that, in my humble opinion right now, is not happening. With that said, uh, I do believe that the sinner's prayer is the introduction of a sinner to, the, to Christ. And so uh, once a person is saved, then that's when baptism is the next step. Uh, well, so the next thing of a scriptural New Testament baptism is the proper mode, immersion. Why immersion? That's, Why immersion? That's some people say just sprinkle some water. Some right. people say pour. that some you can pour. pour. Yeah, just right, pour right. it on. What's you, what's the significance of going under the water and coming back out? Now, th this may sound silly, but I'm just almost positive that somewhere in America, I'm sure, uh, they even one church was growing so much they just had people go through the car wash. <laughs> <laughs> they prayed over them, you know, and they were all, the whole family, you know, they all baptized. Anyway, so... <laughs> The Bible says in uh, Ephesians chapter 1, verse 13, after you have heard that word of salvation and you believed, you were baptized with that Holy Spirit of promise. Your water baptism is the second baptism because the first baptism was the baptism of the Holy Spirit when you asked Jesus to forgive your sins, to come in your heart, be your Savior. And so uh, the reason for immersion is that baptism, yes, is identity, but, but how is it identity? It's identity because you're uh, showing outwardly what has already happened inwardly. You'll hear me say at almost every baptism that we believe that baptism is an outward show of an inward reality. And so uh, baptism is a physical showing of what happened. It's a physical example of what happened when you and I got saved. I'll tell individuals that, you know, you're going to be standing there in that water, but the crowd is going to see the half of you that is uh, symbolically lost. It's dry. But when you are buried with Christ in baptism and raised in newness of life, well, now you're changed all over. And that scripture that says, Behold, all things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Well, isn't in the Greek the word baptismo means submersion, mm -hmm. and that's where we get baptism. Yes, and let's talk about that real quick. That's also the reason for the confusion uh, of the mode is because uh, the King James scholars, they uh, transliterated instead of translated. When you transliterate a word, you take a word and you pretty well leave it in its if you will, ethnicity, but you just dress it up to, to look like the new language. So instead of taking the word baptizo and doing immersion, which would have been the proper translation, they transliterated and just called it baptized. They made this Greek word an English word, if you follow what I'm saying. So, so now it could be whatever you want to be. But if they would have, if they would have chained Immerse. that word baptizo to the English version, immersion, now the Catholic Church is in trouble. <laughs> and and, and it's, not, it's not a shot. I'm just telling you, the, Eng the Church of England uh, was a Roman Catholic you know, nation, and they needed to stay the way they were, and all those guys liked their necks. <laughs> and, and they came up with, honestly, a brilliant you know, proposal. Well, let's don't translate it. Let's transliterate it. You know, okay. You know, and they did it, and I'm not, I'm not trying to be mean to anybody. I'm just <coughs> telling you that's, that's what happened. And so uh, now you have confusion. And the same thing is true with the word wine in the New Testament, so on and so forth. Th th they did not help us in these tough areas because they transliterated instead of translated. So that was another question um, was in other churches, and some people maybe have been raised in a church where they were baptized as a child or right. sprinkled or had water right. poured on as a child, um, which they called their baptism. So does that quote count? And I guess along with this, I've always heard um, my dad used to say frequently, they need to get their baptism on the right side of their salvation. You bet. Well, and, and you know, obviously, th this is a, a, what would the word be, a, a touchy subject and such. So, again, there's no e effort or desire to offend. 
on a biblical aspect. Um, I, I don't have any explanation as to why some denominations baptize a, as a child. Uh, they have their reasons, and that, that's between them and God. From a, uh, if you will, and, and I, I don't even like claiming our denomination this, in strictly a biblical approach to baptism, there is, that I know of, that I've seen, there's no biblical example of a child being baptized, meaning as an infant. And so uh, the, the, the whole point of the first point is proper candidate. And, and, and as a baby, you, you don't know. You can't you know? make a decision as right. a child. And, and, and I do know that some churches baptize children, but they make it very clear. This is not our opinion that this child is saved. We, th I call it a super baby dedication, and they baptize it, you know. Well, again, I, I'm not going to shoot at that. We don't do that. What we do is we have a baby dedication, but no water is involved. Uh, we, we ask the parents, do you dedicate this child uh, to the, you know, the nurture and admonition of God's word? And then we ask the church, do you dedicate yourself to help this family raise this child? That's a baby dedication for us. Um, but then there are some churches that do believe that it, it's salvation. That they do. And, and I just simply believe that, that that's a, a difficult thing to prove in Scripture. Um, I had a question on in Ephesians uh, 5, 25 through 26. Um, Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her, that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word. Is there any symbolism between those two and baptism, washing of water with the word? Well, okay, so just off the... two totally different things? Yes, off the cuff, I would say that that water is reference to the Holy Spirit. Okay. B because the Holy Spirit is constantly referred to uh, with water or oil. Those are both references to the Holy Spirit. And, and you know, he says the word. Well, who... Right. Who wrote the word? The Holy Spirit. The Holy right. Spirit was the author of, of the word of God. Um, and, and, you know, there's a Romans chapter 6. Uh, we've been buried with him by baptism, you know, um, and, and the such. So, so there are some difficult passages, you know, that there really are. But when you get to those four things again, uh, the proper mode, uh, the proper candidate, and then the last two is the proper authority, which is a scriptural New Testament church and a proper administrator. Uh, something that we run into here at the church. If you have not been uh, baptized by, quote, unquote, uh, what this church recognizes at a, as a scriptural New Testament church, we won't argue your profession of faith, but we will ask you to submit to baptism. And, and that's a difficult thing for some people. We understand that. We respect that. So we don't push any of them as much as we just lovingly stay, you know, to our guns, if you will. Uh, with what we believe God asks. So, um, a question, do you still go to heaven if you're not baptized, and or are you being disobedient if you don't get baptized? That was one of my questions when, shortly after Brother Ben and I met, um, having been born and raised, that you get baptized as a baby, right. those were some of my questions, was yeah. God forbid something happened to my children and they're right. not baptized, right. What happens? What happens? Amen. Well, so let's have that discussion. And I see this as two completely different subjects. Mm -hmm. First one, I am absolutely <coughs> thrilled and biblically excited to tell you that once you are saved, once you, you know, we've talked about Charles in the Tater Room and the young man that would go by and hear this preacher screaming at God and it scared him until he got in the Vietnam War and he was in a trench and was, by all intents and purposes he was fixing to die. He cries out. He says, I'm calling upon the God of the Tater Room and Charles. And, and God saved him. God literally physically saved him, and God saved him spiritually. Well, he, had he died that night, he'd went straight to heaven. But he, but he had never touched the water. He had never had a, a holy man say, I baptize you in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. No, none of that. He'd went straight to heaven. What about the thief on the cross? No he water. Yeah. He went straight to heaven. And we've got other cases, you know. Uh, what about these? Yeah, uh, that's Jesus' words. You will join me in paradise. That's right. So You'll join me in today. Right. Today. That's a DVD I want to rent in heaven. I want to see that. that I want to see them confession. coming, that procession. That's right. For one thing, guys, I, I believe with all my heart, I believe 
that we are going to be so impressed with angels because I believe that they are very much like us. But Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah, you know I always say they're huge. <laughs> I don't know. I've always huge. heard anything beautiful, about angels. They, they're beautiful. just huge. I, well, I reminded Lindsay the other day that the Bible says you have entertained angels and not even mm-hmm. known it. Yeah. So they are like us just no, way better. No doubt. Uh, and, and so anyway, I, I think that they just get downright with it when something good happens, you know. Um, and so on that day when Jesus came into heaven, I'm, I'm sure they lost it for a while. Uh, but uh, what were we talking about? Are we, okay. are we disobedient? Are, are we so you, so you disobedient? go to heaven, you go to heaven no matter whether you've been baptized or not. So, so salvation is the only requirement to be fit for heaven. You have to have repented of your sins. You have to have accepted what Jesus Christ did on the cross for your sins. Past, present, future sins have been wiped away because of the blood of Christ. Baptism is the first step of obedience. By that, we don't mean that you haven't already obeyed God as much as it is what God asks you to do. He's asking you to follow him in baptism. And maybe we probably should say it can be your first step of obedience, if you will. You know what I'm saying? Because uh, I think we confuse people when we say it is the first, you know, as if you haven't been obeying Christ in anything else. Right. That's not what we're saying. It, it, it is what God asks of us. Uh, so are we being disobedient when we have not? In my humble opinion, yes. Does that mean all life stops? No. That means you're a work in progress uh, and, and such of that nature. And, and you know, I, I won't say his name, Lord help me, but there was a, a preacher buddy of mine, and he told me this. So I, so I know, and, and the person that he told told me, so I know what happened. Uh, they, they were people of a different faith, and they went to this church to check it out. And this person, almost said his name this preacher knew that they were people of a different faith and they no more walked out the door and he said well you know you're gonna have to get baptized keep coming here hmm. well, i'm sorry i'm never saying that to anybody hmm. until they say brother ben what, what do we need to do to become members that's when we talk about all those things because i i want you to fall in love with us first i want you to see how we love first i in my humble opinion to meet people at the door with your prickly you know rules and i i struggle with that and and and, it makes it very legalistic and that's what the world pins on the church every day it's a set of rules rules. they just want your money they want you to do this i want to know we love them first if this church does anything i want them to know they're loved we're not we're not worried about anything else well that's it and this is off topic but you've said it like with tithing you said if you can come to me at the end of the year and prove this has hurt you i will give you every penny back that's right you know, and God is faithful, you know, so. Let's be clear on that. The church will give him that. <laughs> <laughs> I probably won't be able to. <laughs> you tithed how much? <laughs> and, and I've not had anybody yet Amen. come up and Amen. say. And then that's one of those loving, it's not a challenge to God, but it's no. let, let God challenge Well, well yeah, that's just yeah. it. I, I know there ain't going to be nobody come because God's going to outshine him. He's going to bless him. He's yeah. going to bless him. That's right. What? Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Well, so in all of your years of baptizing and being a pastor of a church, have you had people that have been Christians for years and years and years that come forward and say, you know what, I, I need to be baptized? Most definitely. Or people that maybe even have been baptized that just said, I, I need to do it again. Is there anything well, we, wrong with we that? Well, we did that about uh, three, four months ago with Jonah Pfeiffer. Jonah Pfeiffer had been saved and baptized already, but he he felt like that God was asking him to do it again. He did. We, we don't preach that, that, you know, if you, if you just need a good shot in the arm, come and get it. We don't preach that. <laughs> but if the Holy Spirit leads you to do that, we're going to cooperate. And, and yeah, and what a better way to publicly display again. And it boosts, yeah. boosts the numbers. Yeah. No. No. <laughs> Funny. We've so, had 30 baptized. I heard a preacher. last year, but none less. I heard a preacher Repeat say customers. one. Always got to go there. But I heard a preacher say, and he was teaching this to children, but it's just such a great analogy. But he had, um, he had a, a bowl of water, and he had dirty cups, a bunch of dirty used cups. And then he took the cup, and he cleaned it, put it in the water, and set it to the other side. And he was telling them, this cup is dirty. I've cleaned it. I've made it different. It's gone under the water. It's mm-hmm. clean. I've made it. It's now different. It wasn't what it's visibly clean. You can see it. It's different. And he was not, it's not salvation. But he said, now that it's been cleaned, do I put it back over here with the dirty dishes or am I putting it back over right. here right. with the clean dishes? I am setting it apart. It's, it's and different than it was. And to be set apart is to be holy. That's what Jesus asked us you to bet. be. Well, so I, I'm going to ask you guys a question. 
and it's not really meant to be a trick question because I have literally had to deal with this. Um, do you think that it's quote-unquote biblical to baptize in a pool in a church that the water's not running? Or it's not it, fresh water. Or does it have to be in a river with a current? Hmm. And you have to baptize up current. I'm serious. I've had people well, ask me this. Well, is it any different than us making unleavened bread for the Lord's Supper? You know, it, we joked about it the other mm -hmm. week, but we didn't have any. So we'll just get some buddy bread. It's, right. You know, and it was a joke. It was a joke. <laughs> but no, that's, I've never thought about yeah. that. But well, so, 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 let me, so, I mean, let me I don't ahead. know. Because, I give mean, me I'm just thinking, on that. quote, the River Jordan is not like a, I mean, it's, it links the Sea of Galilee to the Dead Sea. But mm -hmm. it's not a river like the Mississippi River. It's rolling down all the way through right. and it's letting out into the Gulf. It's not that kind of river. No. It's not. But there a is lake. a current. Well, yeah, because it, it talked about it returned to flood stage. <laughs> have you been to the that. River Jordan? No, too? I haven't. Oh. I'd like to. I fear for my life at times. But that's a place but, I'd like to see someday. But it does yeah. have a current because they had to stop it to let the Israelites cross it. True. And then it says when they stood on the other side, it returned to its normal flood stage. So, you know, it was something people couldn't cross. I guess I've never thought of it. I just have I more thought if you're being submerged and you're coming back out of the water, like the death, burial, and resurrection was symbolic of what, and I've never thought of the current. I right. like that. Well, so th th this, is, this is my answer. The reason. Have we been doing it wrong all these years, Brother Ron? No, no. I don't. <laughs> we need those numbers are going to get Tom, we quadruple. Need a river. Yeah. 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 You're going to be doing a lot of baptism this summer if that's the case. Yeah. All I'm saying, Tara, is don't miss Sunday. Look at those numbers. <laughs> and don't make any plans for the following Sunday. No, uh, in, in all seriousness, the reason I was being asked that was because, and, and this is an old teaching, and I hope and pray it's not a Baptist teaching, but it's an old teaching that you have to be baptized in running water to quote-unquote wash the sins away. If that's the case, then baptism is salvation. Right. Okay. Well, once we've already tried to biblically make that argument that baptism is not salvation, so it's okay if the water's not running. All right? Um, and it's okay, in my opinion, to do it in a baptismal pool and as such. I also think it's okay. We, we, we try every summer to baptize somebody at the creek or the river, but we let it be a, what would the word be, a natural thing. We don't press it or push it. But almost inevitably, someone will come and say, well, I'd really like to be back. Well, it's summer. Let's do it, yeah. you know, uh, type thing. But I was trying to see here, um, uh, see here is water. When the eunuch and, and Philip, uh, came, they came unto a certain water, there's no comment that it was a river, no comment that it was a creek. Could have been. Who, who knows? And the eunuch said, See, here is water. What doth hinder me to be baptized? And Philip said, If thou believest with all thine heart, thou mayest. And he answered and said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And he commanded the chariot to stand still. And they went down both into the water, both Philip and the eunuch, and he baptized him. And when they came up out of the water, uh, the Spirit of the Lord caught away Philip. Now, and, and that's another proof of immersion. They went down into the water, and when they came up out of the water... Um, and they said Jesus when he came up out of the water. Like, that right. was very specific in the text. Right. No doubt. Okay. Good stuff. All right. So we're going to stop there. We won't get to the third topic. And it's a mystery topic, so we've got to get there. Oh, so yeah. So quickly, would you rather, some would say this would be a distasteful would you rather. And right, they it. would be right. But <laughs> it's all I've got. So if you had to live out a movie plot in your life, and... These are the two movies, and you had to live. Oh, you're going to give me the two movies. Okay. Uh, these are the two movies you have to choose from. If All this right. had to happen, you had to live out this plot in real life. Would you rather be in the movie Alive, where they crash in the mountains and have to eat humans uh, to survive, uh. or uh, The Poltergeist? <laughs> Which my sisters made me watch. I was way too young for that movie. It scarred me forever. I still can't, say, watch I can't watch scary movies. I can't watch scary movies. Cannot. Have you not? <laughs> Can't, to this day, it has ruined me. Uh, I, I've not seen either one of them either. I'm well aware of you both You know what of them. they are. Like. Yeah, I think I would do the poltergeist. 
If, if you had to be in a real life movie. Yeah, one of those two movies, though. Did you're the options? Yeah. I'm sorry. It's the, so the distasteful. Eat, the eating that it's dead people awful. to live or. I do the people. Now, now, is it raw or do you get to cook them? I don't know what. I didn't actually. Well, you're on a frozen movie. mountain. I mean, I don't know how they survive. There's no microwaves up there. Can we wrap it in bacon? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm sad to say <laughs> I, I would know what part now to eat. Now we're talking. I know. Like, my dad's a butcher. I know what part to eat. Yeah. I feel like I would be. You cut off some nice steaks. I, mean, I feel like I would be really the girl you'd want to be with if you're in that situation. But well, and let me say, I'm going to survive. <laughs> so, you know. I can't back you. that up. I have zero survival skills. <laughs> Anybody that knows me well knows that. All right, here's mine. Uh, not similar at all. Would you rather be in a licorice jello prison? Licorice jello? Licorice jello prison that you have to eat your way out Black of Black or live. red licorice? Black. Oh, oh gosh. Yeah. Or a steel cell with 100 doors that you have to kick your way out of. Kick doors. Kick doors. Black licorice tastes right. terrible. I like nice. black licorice. Oh, there you go. Oh so she's what taking the Jello prison. <laughs> what about you? See, I don't like. I hate black licorice, but I like the root. What is the root? Sarsaparilla. Yeah. Yeah. See, I like the root. I don't like the licorice. There's oh, some Italian okay. cheese that tastes just like black licorice. Sassafras. So that's Sassafras. Yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, it's like some cheese? kind of a cheese that tastes like Italian licorice. Italian cheese. It's some kind like of licorice. a weird Italian cheese. I got. I should let maybe me try that. that. I would. I would do the prison. Yeah. But I've always wanted to be in a prison with bars because I used to love the old movies with yeah. the guitar string. Were you playing Candyland? Where did that even come from? That is so random. Was prison, <laughs> prison. No, I just try to, you know. It yeah, just came that was to something. Me. The brain of a Sorry. diabetic. I don't feel as bad yeah. about yeah, right. <laughs> The brain of a diabetic. Do you hear that? Yeah. Liquor I was hungry. Yeah, but would you rather? I, was I, I don't, but bef before we move on, I do have a picture, though. If Brad wants to pull it up, we were talking about baptism. We found it back there. Real quick, while he's pulling that up, somebody texted in. Um, most churches are known for what <laughs> we can't that. do instead of the love we should be giving. So that's oh my goodness. There's some baptism there. That's October of 2000 with my trumpet camp shirt on. So <laughs> you played the French horn. I know, but it's Tony Morocco's shirt, and I wore all. Were well, we growing clothes. a garden back there? Look at that. I don't know, but is that you? <laughs> Wait, that was before that was legal. Man, put that picture down. Yeah, look at that. Look at that Mustang. <laughs> oh man, that's funny. And that was what 19 <laughs> years ago. There. This is what Tom brought us. I brought look like 2,000 spore kits tonight. Oh, Literally 2,000 of them. The marshmallow's stale, but the <laughs> chocolate and the... Uh, to say the least. Yeah, it's... Oh, it the, says Six Flags on it. Yeah, I bought 2,000 of them for $3. <laughs> 2, you guys paid like four bucks a s'more. Made in nice. China. <laughs> it was a s'more, that's funny. All right, we got to get to our last All right, topic. mystery topic. All right, this is a mystery topic, except I did tell Kathy because I like her. Um, <laughs> more it's a woman thing. What does that saying. mean? Uh, it didn't mean anything. Uh... So I heard this on an interview of a, of a Christian artist, and what he was saying was, um, comparison is the stealer of joy. What are your thoughts? Just hearing that, that topic, comparison is the stealer of joy. Oh, uh, I always heard it was the greatest form of a compliment. Imitation is the greatest form of flattery. Mockery is the greatest. Well, okay, well, that's two different things in is my it? opinion. Yeah, okay. yeah. We're so comparing, like just comparison. Yeah, so, so imitation is the greatest form of flattery. Okay. Uh, comparison, you're, you're saying, okay. Scales. Yeah, yeah, the, you know. So, I mean, if you compare people in your marriage, you're not going to be very happy. I, I think if you compare yourself anything, to anything. In your job, you, you compare other people, what they're making, what they're doing compared to what you're doing. Uh, the children, you compare other people's children to your children. Yeah, I, I agree with that totality. Comparison is the stealer of joy. What if you use it for your benefit, though? I disagree. Okay. I so do Let's I. Hear. I yeah, do. go ahead. Let's hear it. it depends yeah. on what yeah. you're tying it to. Like... If we're needing three tall people, I'm going to compare everybody and pick out three tall right. people. That that right. does nothing for my joy. Um, so I but, think. But do you see what I'm saying, though? Right, right. Uh, and but because I do, I, I yeah, do. I, I absolutely agree with that. Um, well, so let's put it this way: it, it really depends on what it is. Right. Yeah. yeah. I think it, it's more when it ties with envy. Yeah, right. right. I was thinking, well, yeah, yeah. you're breaking one of the top ten commandments there, which would be coveting. Right. I was right. like, if you're comparing 
that's a slippery slope into coveting. Like, right. well, their car's so nice. Well, they have such a good job. Well, their kids are never sick. Well, they've never had this happen to them. They, it, it, it becomes kind of a God hasn't provided for me right. as well, and now I, it's going to rob me of noticing what, what I, I have. already have. Right, contentment. Yeah. But yeah, you just said the word. I said contentment. Right. Because today we were just talking about, we were comparing our feeble peasant lives to rich people at work. And I said, <laughs> I don't think I would want that. I said, you know, because it's like I love the chase and I love digging through old junk and stuff. I said, if I was rich, I could just get whatever I want. So I was comparing my life to theirs, but I'm ultimately content with mine. So it was a blessing for me in the comparisons. Hmm. But I did like your Goodwill shirt that you had on the other day. Yeah. Yeah. $3.50. It's well, my shirt. So I'll take you to a time in my life that I wanted to, I wanted to be preaching more. And I fell into a thing of when I would listen to whoever the preacher was, I would think of what I would have said. Well, I wouldn't have said that. I would have done this. And, and, what, and I was comparing. I was comparing that person speaking, which is what I wanted to do, to how I would have done it. I, I, wasn't, I wasn't listening to the sermon. <laughs> I was, I was, you know, I wasn't letting the sermon do what it was supposed to be doing. I, I was comparing. So I think in that situation, it can be very dangerous. Uh, but, but I absolutely agree. I mean, there, you know, let's face it. I, to me, this is a little bit like the situation of, uh, quote, unquote, judging. You know, you shouldn't judge. No, I'm telling you right now, you go into certain parts of St. Louis and you look down an alley and there's three guys down there, you need to judge. <laughs> Those guys certain are up parts to of no good. Yeah, yeah, certain parts of St. Clair. That's what I'm saying. Keep moving, <laughs> you know. And, and so, yeah, there, there are areas of life that comparison is great. You know, uh, you just had some chicks, mm -hmm. right? And so if those chicks turn eggs. into beautiful chickens, right, yeah. if they turn into beautiful uh, egg layers and the such, and here's a guy that his look like they just molted but they haven't, <laughs> <laughs> it's okay to compare and go, okay, what are, what are you doing? <laughs> right. You know, what are you feeding? Right. What are, what practices are you doing that I can get my chickens to look? That's okay. If it's yeah. for the greater good. That's right. right. That's right. That, that's, I mean, and, well, so here's my famous joke along these lines. The rooster took his chicken girls to the ostrich egg oh, and said, ladies. Dad joke. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not finding any fault in what you're doing. I just want you to see what they're doing in other places. <laughs> Oh, my gosh. Well, maybe so. it was his fault. That, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, right. my gosh. It's in the genes. Oh, funny. Oh, that's good. Well, I like that because I feel like often um, one of our biggest problems is just not being content with what you have. And when you <coughs> find yourself comparing to other people, it really, it really does. And can, not all the time, but it can rob you of, that of was, joy. I had a point in my life. There's a young man that lives here in town, and it seemed like everything was going good for him. It's like every time I turned around, he had a new muscle car with a big blower motor sticking out of the hood. And for years, I was jealous of this guy, and I just hated it and hated it and hated it. And I was, was with he him. tall, too? He was tall. <laughs> he was 5'8". <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I looked up to him. But uh, there will be a complaint filed. Yeah. But, uh, Cam is listening. No, but I was with a mentor, man, and I was probably under my breath just grumbling yeah. about this guy. And he said, I'm happy for him. He said, even if it sounds like a lie, he's like, God bless him. He's doing it. He's doing the things we all want to do. And, you know, it kind of changed the way I look yeah. at things now because I'm like, you know what? You're right. Awesome. Good for you, buddy. That's You're right. doing it. And after that moment with a mentor, it really changed my way of coveting people's Amen. stuff. And, that. and I think God blesses that, too. You bet. All right. I had something that left me. Are we out of time? Just about. Good stuff. Has anybody else texted in? Um, nope. I do have an announcement. Christina Falk is starting a Bible study at her house on February 21st. It's a Bible study about Job. And I'm assuming you can see her for details. And somebody else texted in and said, Brother Ben looks like he works at Country Mart with that shirt on. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. And I'm glad you asked. I would have missed that. Thank you for whoever That's awesome. Um, <laughs> are the Rayfields here? That sounds like it. Uh, that's a, yeah, it's got to be a Ray. He is here. All right. So I, I remember, and Brother Larry texted something in. Brother Larry, honestly, my phone just died. Um, but anyway, uh, I, had a, I had a dear friend, okay? We're going to speak in code for a second had a dear friend that struggled with this issue. 
like what you were talking about. It was always, well, why do they have this? And why, why do they get that? And, well, I know, I know them. And then this. And finally I asked the person, would you trade places with us? And boy, I mean, it just stung on them. They stopped yeah. Yeah. and thought, no, no, I wouldn't. You know, I'm like, well, that's what you need to remind yourself of when you're struggling with, quote, unquote, what they've been blessed with and you haven't. They've also, and I don't mean this in the strictest term, but they've been cursed with a few things that they struggle with daily and, and as such that you wouldn't sign up for willingly. You know, but if you get that stuff, you you yeah. may, you know you got to take that too. It's super cliche, but we say this all the time at work. But if you took all of your problems, if we all took our problems and threw in them a hat, you know, threw in a hat to pick out, you would want to pick your own back your own, out. Yeah, that's right. So.